Okay, so we'll start our weekly Bible study for 4-15-07. And um, I've been wanting to do this for weeks because I see a real need to, to do some type of uh, expose on... You probably heard of this in, in recent days. It's called The Secret. And um, it's sweeping through the secular world as well as the pseudo-Christian world as well. And we're going to explore this today and uh, kind of go into this further, see what it's really all about. We're going to look at both sides of the issue, what they're saying, what the secular side is saying, what, what some Christians have commented and, and noted. So we can kind of get both sides of the story here. The first article I wanted just to read a short clip from was, uh, I saw this in a uh, local publication, and it was entitled, Thought is Energy. And it was in in regard to this secret, this documentary. And in this in this article, it says that a renowned philosopher in the film, this is a quote from this article, a renowned philosopher in the film, now this film is in reference to the secret because they've got a book, they've got a DVD, and a, and a uh, documentary book. And now you can go up online and watch this. In fact, when this all first started, what happened with me is I started getting everybody emailing me, a lot of people, emailing me, this link where you could go to on Google and watch the whole film. And I immediately identified this was just some new age, new, this the newest new age thing. But as I continue to get more emails about this, and then as I continue to see uh, people like Oprah and a lot of the big mainstream in, in media endorsing this, I realized that this was something a little bit more than your average aberrant, New Age blip on the radar screen. It's a little bit more than that. So, in fact, it's a lot more than that. Going back to this quote, I'll just start over. It says, A renowned philosopher in the film uses a great analogy. Think of the energy in the universe as a big genie that emerged out of a lamp waiting to give you what you desire. Is it fame? Fortune? A mansion? Being a best-selling author? Whatever. All one has to do is think about it and ask for it, and it will materialize. Not immediately, but with all one's thought energy focused on that goal, one will be on the path to achieving one's dream. Well, isn't that special? But you have to fervently believe that it works and act on it, and then it will happen. Well, okay, I'm glad we got that cleared up. So anyway, that's one, that's one author's take on, on the secret. And um, we're going to get into all the totally unbiblical heresy we're dealing with here. And we're also going to look at how this ties in with the modern day prosperity preachers. Name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. If you think about it, this is what we're dealing with. And then the guilt trip that ensues if it doesn't happen because you don't have enough faith. Well, you know something? I, let me just preempt a lot of this. I guess Jesus hanging on the cross. You know, it didn't maybe quite work out exactly the way, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ was had to suffer and die and, 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 and go through this agonizing death. He, he asked the Father, he said, if it be possible, take this cup from me. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So I'm just going to go right to Jesus Christ. What happened to him? Did he live a life full of ease, where he lived in big mansions, drove real fancy cars around? He said that, that he didn't even have a place to lay his head. 
And that's our Savior. That's our the ultimate example. And then we can look at the apostles who all died basically a martyr's death, save John on the Isle of Patmos. <laughs> well, I guess they just didn't have enough faith either to make it all work out the way they wanted. So let's just preempt a lot of this stuff about the secret and, and, and let's get down to brass tacks and look at, okay, what is our biblical examples here? I, I, what I believe is what we're going to do is preempt a lot of arguments trying to justify this. Christians or pseudo-Christians trying to justify this doctrine. Now there is a Bible verse. The, the only thing that, that I can see in the Bible that would even come close to this. There's a Bible verse that says, As a man thinketh, so is he. I believe that's in Proverbs. As a man thinketh, so is he. Okay, we do not want to dwell constantly on negative things. We don't want to... The Bible says be full of be full of care, it says be careful for nothing in the King James. What that word means is full of care. Meaning you don't want to go around worrying about the cares of tomorrow and this life. You know, and, and, then, and then the Bible also says with food and raiment therewith to be content. We're not supposed to be focused on materialistic things like these, like the secret saying we should be focused on. So, this doctrine, this demonic doctrine is totally diametrically opposed to the Word of God in that regard. Granted, we don't want to go around thinking negative thoughts constantly, and, oh, woe is me, and I'm going to die tomorrow, whatever. Well, that's being self-centered, if you really think about it. That's not being full of care for nothing. That's not, you know, biblically speaking, you know, the Bible says, give no, no heed for tomorrow. You know, sufficient the day is the evil thereof. So, these are Bible verses where, where we need to look at and we need to have balance. That's the whole point. That's the whole point with really my, any, any sermon or, or any teaching that I try to put forth. I'm trying to have balance. Yes, we don't want to go around thinking negative thoughts constantly. We don't want to go around thinking, oh, woe is me, this and that, and, and I'm just going to get poor and poor and poor. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Where's faith in that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So it's okay to hope for things, but they should line up with the Word of God. Ultimately, our reward is in heaven. That's why the Bible says not to lay up treasure on earth, where moth and these types of things corrupt, but to lay up your treasure in heaven, where these things cannot be corrupted. And this has, an, this has a, uh, a uh, tie-in, I believe, in with the judgment seat of Christ, where it says that when we're judged as a Christian, if you're a true born-again Christian and you get to the judgment seat of Christ, that your works will be judged as wood, hay, or stubble, or precious stones, gold, or silver. And that it says that some, the works will be burned up and they will be saved, yet so as by fire. Now exactly what that means, I'm not 100% sure. But I really don't really want to be in that category, preferably to be saved yet so as by fire and have all my works burned up. Uh, so these are some, I, I like to establish these biblical perspectives initially before I kind of get into this any further. So we kind of lay a groundwork because the Bible says if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So we want to try to lay a foundation for this biblically before we go further. Now there's not a lot up on the internet right now from a Christian rebuttal standpoint of the secret. There's really not. In fact, I went up last night to look again, and <laughs> I've only been able to locate really one decent article. That's it. There's not a whole lot up there. It's, it, and I think a part of it is because it's so new that, that um, 
that people haven't went up there. And that's part of the reason I'm doing this this teaching, because I want to try to tie this in and, and come let us reason together, say it, the Lord, let's look at this objectively, okay, and see how this compares up uh, to the anvil of the Word of God. Is it going to get shattered on the anvil, or is it going to bear up? Well, let me tell you, it's going to get shattered. We've already shattered it pretty much already. This is another article I found, and I guess this was this was from a uh, a news organization called Our Sunday Visitor, and it says everybody loves the secret. And this article goes on to say the secret is a publishing phenomenon. It is its publisher Simon and Schuster. I just want to make sure I'm all turned on here. Its publisher. Simon & Schuster just announced the largest reprint in its history. One million copies. Because of the demand generated by Oprah, Larry King, and other high priests of the pop culture. Now that's a good point to touch on as well. Oprah, the high priestess. Oh, you can't say anything about Oprah. She's a good woman. She does this and that. She's a new age guru. Is all she is. If you follow Oprah... You're going to go straight to hell. Let me tell you that right now. I don't care how many cars she gives away. I don't care how much money she gives away. I don't care how many, many poor people she feeds. And yes, a lot of what she does, if she was doing it under a biblical guise, would be great. But she's not. She's not leading anybody to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you give away a hundred cars and clothe, uh, and clothe, clothe a million people, and they're all following your ideology, and they all end up plunging into hell and burning forever, and then getting thrown into the lake of fire, what good have you really done for them? I mean, what really good have you done for them? Well, that's what she's doing. She's using. Do you think that if the devil, the Satan, as the Bible refers to him as the prince and the power of this world, and that when, when, when he came to Jesus, he said, just, you know, bow down and worship me, and I'll give you all these kingdoms. Just worship me. He has that power, okay? Now, I'm not saying God's not on the throne. I'm not saying God couldn't overrule him in a second. But Jesus, or, or, but Satan, does have power in this world. And yes, he's on his last legs. But he's going to go out with a fight. And he puts people in positions in media, in positions in government, who can do the most good for him. And I shouldn't say good, the most evil for him. And Oprah is the poster child, as far as I'm concerned. Does she do a lot of nice things on the surface? I wouldn't doubt. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing, what direction is she pointing people to in regard to eternity? Because when it's all said and done, that's all that's really going to matter. If we go, let's flash forward to a million years from now. What is it going to matter? You know, it's, it matters who got into heaven and who didn't. It's either heaven or hell. So, Oprah has almost, not almost, has a cult-like following in this country. There's no doubt about it. And what Oprah says, people listen. And, you know, if, if you were ever to just view her show at, at all, I mean, it would be very, very, it's very, very easy to watch that show and get swept up into it. Because there are a lot of very gut-wrenching, heartfelt type of things where she does nice things for these people. But ultimately, Oprah's philosophy and theology is a very, very, very new age one. And um, it's one more... She's one more cog in the New Age 
new world order, one world government, one world political system, one world religious system that we're going into. She's one more thing, and one of the main things that's moving us toward that. Okay? And one of the main things that she's promoting is this secret. The secret combines Norman Vincent Peale's, now this is this article, the secret combines the Norman Vincent Peale's, the 33rd degree Mason, I should say, 33rd degree Freemason, Norman Vincent Peale, the power of positive thinking, okay, remember that? And the wealth and prosperity preachers, and this is great. So, here's what the secret does. It combines Norman Vincent Peale's power of positive thinking with the wealth and prosperity, name and claim it, blab it and grab it, prosperity preachers, and the New Age philosophers of recent years. You've got it all in one big corrupt ball. Isn't that special? It's, it suggests a long hidden secret, known only to a chosen few, such as Plato, Lincoln, Winston Churchill, concerning the law of attraction. Now, I watched, this, I watched most of this online, well, the Bible says not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 So, anyway, there's really nothing inappropriate in it. It's just that you need to be grounded in the Word of God. To under, to, to, I mean, if you go up there and you believe this, then you really need to get into your Bible. Okay, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 And you've got to understand that what these people are doing is they're calling evil good and good evil. And the Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And you've got all these New Age gurus they're interviewing on this DVD. Okay, it's one New Age guru after another. Okay, and they're all saying basically kind of the same thing in a different way. And there's a lot of people that a, that a lot of people in the world would respect. And, they're all, and you would watch this and say, Wow, Oprah's saying this? Norman Vincent Peale, all these guys that are that are kind of respected in, in, in the world's eyes. But the Bible says, He that is highly esteemed among man is an abomination in the sight of God. The Bible said, did you know it said that? It does say that in the New Testament. He that is highly esteemed among man is an abomination in the sight of God. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17, 9. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Well, I'm telling you what, right now, you go with the secret, you're trusting in man's philosophy. Now, ultimately, the devils are behind it. But you're trusting in a man. And in this one, you can take your pick which man you want to trust. Because there's so many that are, that, are, that are all getting on board of this. And what it does is it starts you out, and, it, and I, from what I can recall, because it's been a little while since I, I, I watched it, and it has like this... This, they're, they're trying to spin this tale through time where like in Egypt there was this secret that the pharaohs closely guarded and right before the tomb this one tomb got raided this one emissary of the pharaoh got this parchment and he just got away just in time right before the bad guys got him and you know he went and he went and he went and then it got into medieval times and, the, and they keep showing they're passing this, this secret down through the ages, through the Knights Templar, through all these demonic organizations like Egypt and Knights Templar and these types of things. And, and, and these, are, these are as ungodly of an organization as you could possibly ever be. I mean, the Knights Templar are the same ones that are basically uh, one of the main ones that are thrusting to, to prove that, you know, Jesus did get married, married to Mary Magdalene and then she's the, 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 uh, the actual Holy Grail that's talked about in the Bible because she had Jesus' child. Okay, I mean, you've got all this demonic stuff going on 
God, and these are the people that are espousing it. So, that's kind of the, the tapestry that this documentary is trying to weave. And, it, and it, you know, it's real... They just keep hitting you over and over and over with all these guys and all these things that they're doing. So going back to this article that says, of course, the church didn't want you to find out about all this. See, see, the church has been hiding this from you. And it succeeded in hiding it for thousands of years. But thanks to Rhonda Brine, the author of The Secret, it was uncovered in 2004 when she read a century-old book called The Secret of Getting Rich. Well, it sounds like that prosperity preacher I, I, I talked about, you know, a couple months back there. How to become a millionaire God's way. You know, and if you want to um, hear that sermon, it's it's the, I believe I've, I've entitled it, Exposing Name and Claim It on the, on the website. And again, I do have a Christian email uh, list. And a health list, too. And if you want to subscribe to that, just click on my email address on the website. And uh, it's a free service. I don't charge for, for any of this. I just give it away. The Bible says, um, freely have you received and freely give. So that's what I do. I, I pretty much do that. Um, I try to, at least. And um, just email me. Indicate which lists you want to be on, and I'll, I'll add you on. I'll add you on to those. So... Going back to this article, it says, This law tells us that like attracts like. Think good thoughts, and good things will happen to you. Think bad thoughts. Now granted, the Bible does say to dwell on these things. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are pure. Think on these things. That's fine. Okay? But let's have it be biblical. Let's not have, well, I'm going to think on a Lamborghini. So I can get a Lamborghini. Well, show me that scripturally. I mean, it's just, it's not there. Jesus was not driving around a Lamborghini. Contrary to what Fred Price or Giant Vanzini or any of these other guys are going to tell you. I, I heard Fred Price once say, well, Jesus was, was walking, he was walking in big money. Judas had the bag, you know, and it was big money. He could have made big money. That's true. You think how much money Jesus could have made if, if he would have just done it for the world. Went around doing whatever he did. Well, that's what—that's no different than what the prosperity preachers are doing. Except Jesus was the real thing. These other guys aren't the real thing. Jesus was the savior of all mankind. I don't even want to do the comparison there. But I'm just saying that that's, that's the premise by which all these prosperity preachers are operating. It's all about money. You can't... I mean, I try to just, you know, turn on these, these, these TV evangelists just to see what they're up to. I can't even hardly watch it. I get so righteous and indignant. It's so much about money and money and money. And they're using all these clever tactics and ploys to extract it out of you. You know, if you're giving money to these, to these 501c3 corporations, and they are corporations, don't get yourself wrong, they are. Oh, well, they're not for profit. Where's this money going toward? You realize you're accountable to this, for the, and we're going to do a teaching on this in the near future. You're accountable to all the money you're sowing into these corrupt ministries. The Bible says a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And I'm telling you, just about all these ministries have been leavened to a certain extent. I'm not saying they're not doing any good whatsoever. Okay? But wouldn't it, wouldn't it be best to make sure and have a real peace of mind where you're actually putting, where you're sowing your money? Are you sowing it in a good ground, bad ground? What, what are you doing? What kind of harvest are you going to reap if you sow it in bad ground? 
If you sow bad seed, you're going to get a bad return. It's just something to think about, okay? It's just something to think about. And we're going to get into that in the future, so I don't want to go down that rabbit trail too far. Um, <clears throat> so, again, think good thoughts, good things will happen to you. Think bad thoughts, and bad things will happen to you. So put on a happy face. Well, again, I guess Jesus Christ didn't get the memo on this one. I guess he didn't get the memo. You know? having to go to the cross and die for our sins and perish. I guess the apostles didn't get the memo. I guess all the people in Fox's Book of Martyrs didn't quite get the memo. You know? And, and, and again, all I'm trying to do is make us look at this from objectively a little bit here. Let's look at it from both sides here. The slickly produced DVD features a, penal, a penelope. What a word! Lisa, you need to use that word more often. I, I, I've been meaning to mention it to you. A penelope. Now, I, I'm, I'm assuming this word kind of means like a plethora or a cornucopia. Cavalcade. I don't know. Sorry, I lost control there with my linguistics. Anyway, this slickly produced DVD features a penelope of people whose listed occupations range from visionary to metaphysician. You know, I think I need to take that title on metaphysician. Because I am, I mean, I'm a doctor. I, what, you know, hey. I, I could kind of feel high and lofty there. Okay, I'm sorry. We had to take a little break there for a sec. Uh, the Slickly, let's see here. The Slickly produced DVD features a penelope of people whose listed occupations range from visionary to metaphysician. The secret is cleverly composed to make itself appear compatible with a variety of traditional religious persuasions while adhering to none. Well, isn't that special? That sounds like doctrine straight from the pit of hell. Boy, oh boy. I mean, we... we <laughs> I mean, it's compatible with everything, but it espouses none. It, it adheres to none. Well, it's pretty much anything goes, sounds like. In fact, well, what does that, that design do? It's, it's designed to offend no one. Because when you don't offend anything, then you make the money. That's, that's, the, that's the reason. They don't want to offend anybody. Because that way you make the money. In fact, it's really a mishmash of New Age philosophies and a heady whiff of Gnosticism. Which is true. Now, what is Gnosticism? The word Gnosticism means hidden. Hidden knowledge. And this is supposedly the secret because the Gnostic religions are how we have all of our secret societies. They're all based on Gnosticism. The Masons, the Knights Templar, Opus Dei, the Knights of Malta, whoever, any kind of occultic secret organization, are, they're all based out of what we call Gnosticism. Now, they can call themselves this or that or whatever, but the concept of Gnosticism, of the hidden knowledge, is how they're all based. This is why the Masons have 33 degrees. Because each degree, you're getting revealed a new little carrot that, that Satan's dangling out in front of you. It's a new little thing, a new little blood oath you've got to take in order to bind yourself to this. And before you know it, it's like a frog that they boil in water, but you bring it up to a slow boil, you start out the frog in lukewarm water, and then you bring him up to a slow boil. And by the time he's, he's cooked, he doesn't even know, know it. I mean, that's how these, all these alternate secret societies operate. And most religions really, not even the secret societies, but most religions in this world are really no different. 
The only one that is different is true Bible-believing Christianity. And I'm not even going try to try to put a denominational label on it. I'm going to say a Bible-believing Christian... Jesus says, I've done, I haven't done anything in secret, you know. Freely have you given, freely received. I mean, these are, these are concepts where Jesus doesn't try to hide things. The Bible says that the Word of God is of no private interpretation. Okay, so, when we have all these men, or women, or whoever they are, saying, well, we've got this secret knowledge, or we've got this and that, well, what they're doing is totally unbiblical. They're trying to dangle that carrot out in front of you, normally to gain power over you and to get your money. And to take you to hell, ultimately. That's the devil's motivation. Okay. So if, you, if the truth be known, what is, what is the ultimate end of the secret? Hell. That's what Satan wants. He wants to take as many people to hell with him as he can. That's the ultimate goal of all of this. It's heaven and hell. If you really want to boil it down. So it's, it's a... It combines New Age philosophies, Gnosticism, a stubborn early Christian heresy that post posted a secret knowledge shared by Jesus with only a few of his followers. So in other words, this is ultimately boils back to Jesus, but he only shared it with a few people. This is the, this is the whole concept of Gnosticism. It's a lie, but I'm just saying that that's what they're saying. Like all heresies, it keeps returning keeps returning in various guises. This idea of hidden wisdom was behind a previous publishing phenomenon, the Da Vinci Code. But the secret also has roots in Christian science teaching of teachings of mind over matter, and a strong American belief that a person is in control of his own life and own destiny, and can make whatever he wants if he only believes it. The subtle negative message of the secret is that if you are miserable, or God forbid poor, then it must be your own fault. Well, again, let's look back at Jesus Christ. Let's look back at the Apostles. Let's look back at Fox's Book of Martyrs. Need I say more on that? Okay? But, see, that's exactly what the prosperity preachers say. If you're poor or you're miserable, most of the time, the subtle message, and I'm not saying they're coming out every time. Some of them are coming right out and saying this. But the subtle message is, is that you're not right with God. Because, see, God was walking in big money. You know? And Jesus was, and the apostles were, and all these other guys. And if you're in this state, then it's your own fault. So then we have the guilt game. Well, I'm not a very good Christian, I guess. And, and I need to get right with God. And I need to send them more money so I can get right with God. Because obviously they're right with God because they got all the money. You see where it goes? It's this one big leap of logic after another. And it's all asinine and it's all unbiblical. But that's what they do. They're masters at it. And, and, and understand, it's just not these devil prosperity preachers. It's just not that they're so gifted and adept at this. They're demon-possessed. They're de Well, how dare you say it? Well, the Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities, rulers of wickedness in high places, these types of things. It says that in Ephesians 6. That's why it says, then put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil, for that very reason. So, when you're dealing with a prosperity preacher, the man is just a shell. He's just a vessel that the devil is using. Understand that. You're dealing with the devils, the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils that are emanating from that man, that the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.1. 
Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So, this is what you're dealing with. Okay, so, so understand, get your eyes focused where the battle should be focused, and it's on the spiritual end of it. So you know how to devote your prayer, because you can pray in regard to a certain person all day long, but it's really the devil's emanating and operating through that person that you really need to be concerned with, as far as prayer goes. And, you know, I pray if it be possible, if it be possible, these, these preachers be saved, because I don't believe there's any chance in, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't believe they're saved. Uh, the Bible says, by their fruits you shall know them. And that there's going to be many um, evil men and seducers that are going to wax worse and worse. Wolves in sheep's clothing, these types of things. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Okay? Ministers of uh, righteousness that, that appear as ministers of righteousness, but they're ministers of Satan. Okay? So, these are some things, these are things we should be looking for. And they're going to be most prevalent in the time that we're living in right now. The Bible predicted it was going to be this way. So this shouldn't take us by surprise. All this really does is confirm Scripture. That's all it does. Um, so these prosperity, this, this, the secret says that um, whatever, wherever state you're in, you've let your own thoughts lead you to this existence. All of us are are deliberate creators of our own lives. So if something isn't right, guess whose fault it must be? Now again, let's have balance with this. Yes, you could be, you could have created created a, uh, a negative life for yourself by making real bad decisions. That's true too. Uh, but then again, now let's look at a lot of other godly people in history, like Jesus, like the apostles, like the martyrs and these types of people that lived godly lives, that, that did biblical things, and yet, yet they still died penniless, and maybe they died a horrific death as a martyr. What about them? So, okay, let's have some balance here. The dangers of the seeker are easy enough to foretell. One, seriously ill people give up their treatments when they realize they only need to think positive thoughts. People obsessed by wealth or love or possessions are told to fixate on that desire and it will come true. Well, that's, you know, what is that? That's serving the God of self. It's the God of self. That's what most people want to serve, is the God of self, if you really think about it. Well, what do you mean? Well, didn't Satan say in the Garden of Eden, wasn't this the first ever recorded sin of the Bible? Wasn't this the foundation of all other sin that was ever laid in the man, history of mankind? Didn't Satan say to Eve, ye shall be as God, the day that you eat of the tree of fruit, the, the knowledge of good and evil? Ye shall be as gods. That was the temptation to Eve. Well, what would that be? That would be like the God of self. Well, I want to be my own God. I, personally, to be quite honest with you, I really don't want to be my own God because all I would do is mess everything up. I don't want that. But see, most people want that. They don't want to have to answer to a holy God. So therefore, if they're their own God, well, then they're their own religion. They're their own law unto themselves. And they don't have to answer to anybody. They can live like the devil, do whatever they want, not have any conscience about it, and live their merry existence. Problem is, it's all, that's all a lie from the pit of hell. So, um, while it's easy, to, now going back to this thing, it says, while it's easy to mock this kind of message, what is more worrisome is that there are many religiously illiterate, illiterate people out there, including Catholics, who don't even recognize the message for what it is. Well, the Catholics are already on the way to hell anyway. And most of the people in the so-called pseudo-church are too. 
they don't they don't recognize the message for what it is. Well, could this be, you know, part of this deception that the Bible clearly predicts is going to happen? Didn't the Word of God predict? Didn't Jesus Christ, who is the Word, predict in Second Thessalonians chapter two that God will send them strong delusion because they received not the love of the truth that they might all be damned? Evidently, this is a pretty serious issue to God. And if you're caught in this deception, I'm imploring you and begging you, get out of it. Because God said he was going to send a strong delusion, that you would believe a lie, that, that they might all be damned who, who receive not the love of the truth. And if you don't believe it says it, look it up in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And that's in regard to the end time. Basically when the Antichrist is staging his appearance, which is basically the time we're living in right now. We're right on the cusp of it. So understand, this isn't this isn't harmless. This is this is very serious. If if you're if you're involved in any of this, you need to get out now. Because the Bible says that the, the Holy Spirit's not always going to strive with man forever. He's not always going to you you just don't have infinite amount of chances to get saved. Number one. You don't. The Spirit will not always strive with man. And what's going to end up happening is is there's going to come a time when you've had your last chance. God's giving you that last opportunity. And then it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. Because your conscience is going to be seared with a hot iron. And you're not going to be able to get saved. You've had all these opportunities and you've kept putting it off, putting it off, believing on biblical things. And um, there's going to be no hope for you. There will be no hope. I've heard many, many a deathbed confessional where they would say that, um, you know, the person had all these opportunities to get saved. Now, you don't hear about these very much anymore, because there's not enough hardcore preaching anymore. And, most of the time when somebody dies nowadays, they're so drugged out of their mind, they, don't, they couldn't accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior if they wanted to or not. But I've heard de- uh, many a deathbed confessional, in fact, there's a whole book written on this, um, and it was written about a hundred years ago, which would be better because they didn't have all the drugs and there was more harder preaching going on. Where these people were on their deathbeds and they were, and the preacher was trying to lead them to the Lord, but they couldn't. They're like, I, I, it's like I almost, I want to accept Jesus Christ, but I can't. I can't do it no matter what I do. It's too late. The Holy Spirit is the one that has to save you. The Spirit has to draw you. And without that, you can't get saved. You can't just get saved anytime on your whim, on your terms. You come to God on His terms. So, this is dangerous stuff we're talking about here. One more way you can go to hell. There's many, many ways. The Bible says, Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And narrow is the way that leadeth to life eternal. And few there be that find it. The Bible says that there are many called, but few that are chosen. Well, that that's, doesn't sound like very nice preaching. I, I'm telling you what the Bible's saying. If you have a problem with what I'm saying, your problem is really with the Word of God. So you need to take this up with God. Not to say that everything comes out of my mouth has to be gospel, but if we stick to biblical tenets and principles, then you, know, you need to go back to the Word of God and search this thing out. Please do. Be like the Bereans that, that were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they sought these things out if they were true. And they, they, they searched the scriptures daily. It says that in Acts. So, um, getting back to this. In contrast to the self-centeredness of this year's prosperity gospel, the real gospel asks us to lose our lives so that we can save them. <laughs> and it does say that. 
He that seeks to save his life shall lose it. Jesus said this. He that seeks to save his life shall lose it. And then he that seeks to um, lose his life for my sake shall find it unto life eternal. Now that's a basically a direct quote from Jesus Christ in the New Testament. So if you seek to lose your life for the, for the sake of Jesus Christ, then you'll find it. But see, this is the exact opposite. This is basically, the secret's message is the exact opposite. Total contradiction to, to what uh, the Gospel says. The, Bible's, the Bible warns against putting one's faith in material possessions and asks us to first and foremost to recognize that God is our Creator and our Master of our universe. In short, the real Gospel asks us to be humble before God while the other Gospel would make us gods. And then again, that's what Satan said, very first sin in the Bible, you shall be as gods. That was the first lie that Satan ever told to mankind. And he's, he's no different today. He hasn't changed his tactics. He might have polished them more. You know, hey, he's had thousands of years to figure us out, to polish them. Study our weaknesses. These types of things. Now, this is, a, this is an article... Uh, that it's called A New Mask for the Ancient Secret. And uh, this is God Barrett Kojos. And I saw this up on a Christian website recently. And there were some good points here, so I'm going I'm to go over these in regard to the secret. Shared by Oprah Winfrey and Larry King, an enticing little book and corresponding DVD have stirred widespread enthusiasm. It's making headlines around the world, announced Oprah's website, and the buzz just keeps building. Some say it's, it's the secret to creating the life you truly want. Losing weight, making money, finding love. I didn't know losing weight. That's like that one article we preached on that way down church in Nashville. Um... <laughs> uh, and that's on the name and claimant. if you want to know more about that church. That's on the name and claimant um, teaching that I did. So it says, yes, the secret by Rhonda Bryan teams with tempting promises and promise positive affirmations, but it omits all facts that could sound negative. Oh, yes. That's one of the tenets of all of this. No negativity. Oh, no. That might drive people away. That might drive down our contributions. Since, quote, summoning what you want demands an intentional and selective focus only on what's positive, the law of attraction doesn't compute don't and not or no or any other words of negation. Now, another thing I would like to bring up about this. All this is is white witchcraft. What we're talking about is white witchcraft in the purest essence, okay? The purest essence of the secret is white witchcraft. Well, why? Well, talk to a white witch, who would also be considered somebody that, that says they're, they're a Wiccan witch. Wiccan. Now, the word Wiccan means twisted or bent, like perverted, okay? And that's the name that these witches have chosen to take on describing their religion. White witchcraft is where we do good magic. It's all positive. It's all good. We do good spells, love spells, making people happy, giving people things, Okay? And then there's the black magic. Oh, we don't do that. But you know something? Most people that get into witchcraft end up getting into the black stuff. Because it's, it's another carrot that's out in front of you. Because they get offended or they, something happens to them and they realize their white witchcraft ain't cutting it anymore. Well, maybe I need to get into the gray or the black witchcraft. Where I can kind of maybe exact revenge or really get what I want. It's, it's just another carrot of Satan. That's all it is. 
And, and a lot of people get into those types of things through things like this. This is a tremendous doorway. Just like Harry Potter is for the kids to get into witchcraft, this is a tremendous doorway where a lot of people are going to get involved in, in And this is witchcraft. It's thinly veiled. It's, 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 it's put in a really, really, really nice positive package. But understand, it's witchcraft. And witchcraft is forbidden in the Bible. Totally forbidden. The Bible says that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So, I mean, this is rebellious. This is rebellious toward the Word of God. So, so while the next quote gives us a glimpse, now this is back to this article, while the next quote we're going to read will give us a glimpse into the tantalizing roots of the secret, it doesn't tell us that those roots include ancient Egyptian mystery religions like the Kabbalah, which is the most wicked form of Jewish mysticism you could do. The Kabbalah. Okay? Gnosticism. Rosicrucianism. Hermetic magic. We're talking really heavy-duty forms of witchcraft here. Now, this is black witchcraft we're talking about now. Nor does it warn us that its more recent branches include unity, science of the mind, and the, quote, new thought movement that swept across the Christianized world over a century ago. Now, this quote reads, this is, uh, this quote, he's got this whole thing referenced. This is from Oprah. Oprah's promotion of the secret. Okay, and he's got a link. Now, um, if you want this article... Yeah. I, no, I don't know. Um, this, is, I, this is off of CuttingEdge.org, the article. Um, it's called A New Mask for an Ancient Secret. So if you want this article, go up on the internet and do a keyword search for, quote, New Mask for an Ancient Secret. Put that in the quote, and you'll find it. I guarantee you, you'll find it. But make sure you put it in a quote, because when you put it in a quote, the internet will search exactly for that specific. If you don't put it in a quote, who knows what you're going to get? Okay, you may find it eventually, but that's a key to doing precise internet searches: is doing quotes, using quotes, because you'll you'll be much more efficient with your searching if you do that way. So that's a little little. Uh, tip there. And I won't even charge you for it like the prosperity preachers will. Anyway, sorry. So anyway, this quote says from Oprah, fragments of the great secret have been found in the oral traditions, in literature, in religions, and in philosophies throughout the centuries. For the first time, all the pieces of the secret come together for an incredible revelation that will be life-transforming for all who experience it. In his book, in this book, you'll learn how to use the secret in every aspect of your life. Money, money is the first one they mentioned. Health, relationships, happiness, and every interaction you have in the world. You'll begin to understand the hidden untapped power that's within you, and this revelation can bring joy and joy to every aspect of your life. This is the exact same hook that the white witches use to get them recruited. I'm telling you, it's the exact same hook. This is this is done in a much nicer veneer. They're not calling themselves witches or anything like that. But if the truth be known, it's just been repackaged differently. A little slicker veneer, a little nicer. So, that was a quote from, from Oprah. What does that imply? That our Getting back to this article, what does that imply? That our God is obsolete? Well, that's another thing. What an abomination. What an affront 
to a holy God that we have to go use these type of tactics to get what we want? That our God is obsolete? That the real spiritual empowerment means replacing the Bible with the secret? As Byron, her, her name's really hard to, to pronounce, Byron? Anyway, as Rhonda Byron is her name, as Byron tells us in her fast-selling book, she unlocked a secret that has captivated aspiring occultists, conjurers, conjurers, and magicians for thousands of years. Well, now we're getting a little teensy bit of truth here. Wow, this is what has inspired occultists, conjurers, and magicians? Why do you think they get into that stuff? Do you think that a person that gets into white magic, black magic, gray, some sorcerer, you think they're doing it? There's reasons that motivate them for this. Primarily the reasons are self-centeredness. They want power. They want money. They want whatever they want. And this is, they're using this, these tools, these occultic tools, in order to get what they want. That's all it is. Uh, so this, this lady says, who made the DVD, I've been given a glimpse of a great secret. Why doesn't everyone know this, she says. The, simple, the answer is simple. When Christianity spread, the forbidden forces behind the magical arts went underground. Rarely mentioned in public. They were hidden in secret societies and occult orders until the 20th century when books, movies, television, and universities reintroduced them to a thrill-seeking, biblically illiterate nation ready and eager to, to revive the mystical powers of the past. Another quote from this Rhonda Byron Lady says, A burning desire to share the secret with the world consumed me. I began searching for people alive today who knew the secret. One who, one by one, they began to emerge. Uh, like snakes coming out of their, their uh, you know, their little holes. I became a magnet as I began to search. One great living master after another was drawn. One great living devil, is what she should have said after another, began to be drawn to me. Oh, I guess she, she brought them to her by her, her thought pattern intentions. You know, she's good. When you're good, you're good. You know, you can do whatever you want. Those masters included mythologist Joseph Campbell, Jack Canfield, who published the occult messages from the counterfeit God, Conversations with God. That's, that's totally straight from the pit of hell. And Jerry and Esther Hicks. The Hicks website introduces us as a cluster or legion of demonic spirit guides called Abraham. No, the, this, the Hicks website, now this is one of their main people that, that told her about this, why she made the DVD and why all this fervor has come about. The Hicks website introduces us to a cluster or a legion of demonic spirit guides called Abraham. Oh, isn't that special? Well, this is where they're getting their, their direction from? In regard to the secret, a cluster legion of, of, of demonic uh, spirit guides that was referred to as Abraham? <laughs> well, this is no different than, than, than sorcery or necromancy where supposedly, you know, necromancy, you're talking to the dead. All you're talking to is a familiar spirit that knew about that dead person. They probably possessed that dead person in their life or observed them. That's why they're called familiar spirits because they're familiar with you and your thoughts and your actions. Okay? So when you go, and, 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 and if anybody's ever talked to a necromancer or somebody that talks, supposedly talks to the dead or the spirit world, it's all you're talking to. You're not talking to dearly departed Uncle Jerry or Aunt Millie. They're either in heaven or hell. They're not going to communicate with you. They're either in heaven. 
you know, the Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. Once to die. So that kind of rules out reincarnation. And so, just some things to think about. So, Abraham, this is, this is a quote from, I believe, uh, these people that wrote these conversations with God. Actually, it should be a conversation with the devil. This is a quote from them that says, Abraham, well, actually, see, let's, where, where did this quote come from? This quote, yeah, it came off their website. Abraham, a group of obviously evolved teachers. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Finally, we got some evolved teachers. They speak their broader non-physical perspective through the physical body of Esther Hicks. Well, isn't that called being demon-possessed? When you're the mouthpiece for a devil and they take you over? You know what that's called in occult terminology? It's called a walk-in. You ever hear that term? It's called a walk-in. Why? Because the devils have come in and walked into your body and possessed you. The guy that represents Lord Maitreya, Benjamin Cream, he's like the false prophet for Lord Maitreya all these years, okay? He becomes possessed and Lord Maitreya channels through him. I know, I know a guy that went to see this guy speak and he said a gold glow came over him and he went into this trance. And he said you couldn't even hardly look in his eyes, which is good not to do. You don't want to look in these people's eyes because that's one of the ways that they um, they influence people is through eye contact. And that's a whole other subject. I won't go down that rabbit trail today. But you, you want to kind of avo avoid eye contact. I'm not saying the Spirit, Holy Spirit lives inside you is not bigger than that. It's just a good general rule of thumb to follow. Going back to this quote from um, these... Uh, this Hicks website, speaking, these, these evolved teachers speak to our level of comprehension. They guide us to a clear connection with our inner being. Oh, is that like our inner child? Well, what this is, is you're going to hear a lot more about this, these evolved teachers, these ascended masters, that are coming back to our planet now, because they got to help us out, because we've messed everything up. And you know, the fact is, is they created us. That's what they're telling them. And that Jesus was a good guy. But, you know, he was just one of the ascended masters. That's all he was. And that they came here millions and millions of years ago. We were their little science project and they created us. And now they've got to come back and straighten everything out. Because their little science project messed everything up so bad, they've got to straighten everything out. That's what these... Ascended masters, these evolved teachers, are speaking and channeling through these people. When these people are getting abducted by aliens, it's the same stinking message. Where's this all leading to? Why do you think we're having all this alien stuff shoved down our throat constantly? And why we're having all this new age religions shoved down our throat? And why, and why you know, all these things are happening that are pointing us to, to these things? It's because the Antichrist is getting ready to step up. He's getting ready to step up. And the strong delusion is in full force that God said he was going to send. That many will believe this lie. Most will believe this lie. And the Bible predicted it was going to be like this. Okay? So I, I don't let it get me down. I let it say, wow, this is a confirmation of scripture. Let's get excited instead of letting it get us down. Let's go, let's go fight it all the more. We're called to be salt and light. 
Jesus said, call to be salt and light. What does light do? It always exposes darkness. Salt is a preservative, and it's also a potential irritant. But we, as a Christian, a born-again Christian, one of the things we're supposed to do is be like salt, where we actually preserve the environment through the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's, it's one of the chief things that causes society not to degrade. If, there was, if a society was, was primarily, truly born-again Christians, that society is not going to degrade. It's not going to get worse. So that's what it, one of the things a Christian is called to do. And to, be a, and to warn other people, to be a watchman. I believe that's my primary calling, is to try to be a watchman. To whom much is given, much is required. So I've been shown a lot, so I feel compelled to, to, to give this. Freely have I received, freely I give. And that if we're watchmen, and we see the sword coming to the city, and we warn not the city, their blood will, will be required at our hands. Now, I'm not 100% sure how that would play out in the judgment seat of Christ. I don't really know, but I really don't want to take any chances. And has there been people that, me personally, that I haven't warned, that I should have warned? Yes. Yes, I think there's probably, if that were the case, there probably will be blood required at my hands of the judgment seat of Christ. So what I'm trying to say is, I'm not trying to hold anybody to a higher accountability than I would hold myself. So, you're going to see a lot more about these ascended masters, these, these, these teachers. Now, let me give you some names, some specific names, of some of these ascended masters that have already come out and made their, not in their big debut, but they're already there. They've already got websites totally devoted to them. The first and foremost being Lord Maitreya. He's got a United, he's got a United Nations sponsored website called Share International. Just do a keyword search for Lord Maitreya Share International. You'll find it. You'll find his website. It's been up there for years. You can see all the false miracles this man's done. He's taken, he, he takes credit for everything, this guy. He takes credit for all, all, all the Catholic miracles. He takes credit for all of them, basically. Crosses of light. Hindu statues that, that drink milk. All these stupid stuff. Okay? All these people that are supposedly got healed. He takes credit for everything. But the guy has done some really heavy-duty things. And his false prophet is Benjamin Cream. He says that he's like this ascended master. And... He's one of the chief candidates who could be the Antichrist. I'm not saying he is, but he may be. There's another guy named Saint Germain. There's another guy named Lord Sananda. There's another guy named Hanton. Okay, now these are all supposedly ascended masters. And they've got their own followings. And I'm telling you right now, they're right, they're in the wings waiting. Okay, to make their big debut. And when it gets nasty... They're going to make their big debut. And you're going to see a whole lot more of these. Um, and it's all tied in with this whole alien thing and, and, and the whole nine yards, all this junk that's getting shoved down our throat. A lot of people aren't aware of this, but it's out there. It's out there, trust me. So, going back to this article, Robin Bine introduces Pretense Mulford, who was a guy that lived in the... Uh, 1800s, as one of the earliest writers and founders of the New Thought Movement, who influenced countless writers and teachers. This quote from Thoughts Are Things summarizes his mental and spiritual laws. Quote, There is no limit to the power of thought current you can attract to, to you, nor limit to the things that can be done through the individual by it. In the future, some people will draw so much of the higher quality of thought to them. 
that they will accomplish what some would call miracles. In this capacity lies the secret of what has been called magic. Now, again, miracles. You start doing miracles, you're going to start impressing people. Well, didn't the Bible say that the Antichrist is going to come with all lying signs and wonders? And then if it were possible, he would, he would deceive the very elect? Well, that's what... You better, you better get ready, because you're going to start seeing some miracles. There's stuff going on that, that, I mean, just even on TV and stuff that is just... You, you could watch, and the media is really getting us primed to accept this. I guarantee you, when these guys come on the scene, they're going to start doing some heavy-duty miracles. They're not going to be pointing anybody to Jesus Christ but themselves, whatever demonic entity. They all seek to be worshipped. They all do. And they all act like they've got the answer. So, if you're not grounded in the Word of God, there's not a whole lot of hope for you of, of, of getting through the times that you've got coming. Uh, you need to get in the Word. In the Word. Jesus said, if you continue in my Word, then are you my, di are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Well, isn't that what you want to know is the truth? He said that those that keep my words are the ones that love me. Well, how are you going to keep his words unless you've memorized some of his scripture? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same in the beginning was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among men. So, you've got the incarnate Word, you've got the written Word of God. You better hide the Word of God in your heart to get through the time that you've got. Because you may have your Bible taken away from you. What are you going to do then? There's not going to be anything to draw upon. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalm 119 verse 9. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Psalm 119 verse 11. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119 verse 105. So, you need to hide the word of God in your heart. That's one of the main, main things you need to be focusing on right now. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you memorize the word. Because the Bible says, when Jesus said, when I send the Comforter, He will cause all things to be brought into remembrance. So, see, the Holy Spirit can help you do this. Well, you can say, I can't memorize no scripture. I'm, I'm not good at that. I, I got D's in school and stuff. I'm not too smart. It's not about you being smart. It's about what the Holy Spirit can do through you. Don't even try. Don't, don't, don't try to do it in and of yourself. Yes, put forth effort. But rely on the Holy Spirit to help you do these things. You can get places that way. I've heard about men going into prison and that didn't know how to read or write and being handed a Bible and within like a month they knew how to read and write. I've heard that on more than one occasion. The Word of God can do amazing things. The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. You know, which is the Word of God. That's what the Bible calls it in Ephesians 6. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Able to the dividing of, of the soul and spirit and the joint and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So, the Word of God can do amazing, amazing things. It's our primary offensive weapon. 
Jeremiah 23:29 says, "Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh a rock in pieces?" Well, it is like a fire. You need to you need to you need to look at the word of God that way as an offensive weapon. How did Jesus deal with the devil? He quoted scripture. That's all he ever did. He quoted scripture back to the devil, and that was sufficient. He's our savior. He's our example. He's our Lord and Savior then we should use him as an example on how to deal with the things of the world. Quote scripture. Appropriate scripture, you know. But if you don't have the scripture hidden in your heart, how are you going to quote it? Anyway, that was just another little rabbit trail I wanted to go down there. But it's a very important one. During the 20th century, such thinking inspired positive thinking gurus like Norman Vincent Peale, who in turn converted Robert Schuller. Oh, another stalwart of the faith. So we got Norman Vincent Peale beginning another devil, Robert Schuller, and countless other leaders who are now pastoring churches are marketing the deception through church-related programs around the world. See, it's funny, it's almost like the, the demonic world is just catching up to the church now. Isn't that pathetic? <laughs> because this stuff's been going on in the church. Norman Vincent Peale, positive power thinking, got the prosperity preachers. This has been going on in the church for years. But really not so much so in the mainstream secular, well, you know, finally the mainstream secular um, world is finally catching up with the apostate Christian church, the, the pseudo-apostate, lukewarm later to see in Christian church. I mean, isn't that special? Um, th this, has been, this has been going on in the churches, marketing this deception through church-related programs around the world. John Maxwell and other global change agents demonstrate the subtle influence of this feel-good, self-empowering ideology. Now, here's another point I'd like to touch on. These people that are put in high places in these TV ministries in charge of, of big, huge denominations, from the research I have seen, they're all Satanists. Oh, now you're really getting off in left field. Well, now let me ask you a question. If you were Satan, and you were trying to usher in a new world religion, one world religion, a one world political system, a one world currency, who would you, where would you put your, 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 um, your henchmen, your main henchmen, that could do the most damage? Would you have them warming a pew in a church somewhere? Maybe influencing a small circle of people? Or would you have them at the very top of these ministries? You'd have them at the top. Why? Because if the head is sick, then the whole body's going to be sick. If you can corrupt the head, then the body gets corrupted. That same spirit that is corrupting the head will influence the rest of the people and it will blind them and it will deceive them. That's why you do it that way. He's trying, Satan is trying to get the most bang for his buck. That's what it boils down to. So these people at the head of these ministries, I'm not even going to give them the credit that they're deceived. I believe they have been prepositioned there. There's so much proof to prove this. I mean, Fritz Sprigmeyer wrote a book called Be Wise as Serpents. And for the longest time, it wasn't even available. No, I'm okay. Uh, and now it's actually available um, if you do a keyword search. Be wise as serpents. Fritz. Just put Fritz. F-R-I-T-Z. Springmeyer. I forget how to spell his last name. If you do a keyword search, you can find this book online in a PDF format. Download that. Read it. 
you can't even find the book anymore. Because the occultists, the, 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 the people, um, I guess you're representing the Illuminati, have tried to take every one of that man's books totally out of commission. I mean, totally out. If you can get any of his books, you can find all of his books online in PDF format. I would highly advise you go up there and um, and uh, download his books. You can, you can uh, if you find one... Uh, uh, if you if you find if you find one, it's okay. If you find one, you'll be able to find the others. Um, um, the 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 ge- ge- geocentricity. No, is, no, no. That's how you spell Springmeyer. Oh, Springmeyer. His his last name is S P R I N G M E I E R. Springmeyer. Be wise as serpents. Um, he's got several books. Bloodlines of the Illuminati. Now, a lot of people say, oh, this is just conspiracy stuff. Well, it is conspiracy stuff. And there is a conspiracy. And did you expect any less leading into the end times that we're moving into? Knowing that the Antichrist is right on the verge of, of making his appearance? Knowing that the staging for all this has to be done? Don't you think there has to be a conspiracy in order to get all this done? In order to prepare the world for his coming? Come on! Give me a break. I mean, I mean... The Bible predicted it was going to be like this. So anyway, going back to this article, it says, Nothing can come into your experience unless you summon it through persistent thoughts. Now this is another quote from that Rhonda Bryan. Our sovereign biblical God... Now, understand, this is, this is kind of going back and forth between this Christian writing and then quotes from these other people. This is from the man who wrote the article. Our sovereign biblical God has no place in this man-centered philosophy. But other religions are acceptable of this heresy, including a compatible distortion of Christianity. Uh, This is a quote evidently from, I believe, this book. From the, the, the secret book. Religions such as Hinduism, Hermetic traditions, Buddhism, Judaism, Christianity and Islam and civilizations such as ancient Babylonians and Egyptians derived it, the secret, it derived it through their writings and stories. Recorded throughout the ages in all of its forms, the law can be found in the ancient writings through all the centuries. It was recorded in stone in 3000 BC. So what they always try to do is say, oh, look at all these religions have known this all these thousands of years. They've just kind of hid it from you. This is where the real goodies lie. And now you're finally going to get a a chance to take a crack at it. You're going to get what all these people through all these thousands of years never knew about. Okay? That's the carrot. The last reference points back to the mystery religions and to the words inscribed on the fabled emerald tablet. Remember, Robin Brine used those words, as above, so below, to set the stage for her book, an occult website decoding their meaning. As above, so below. So, so this Robin Bryan's using these words, which is see whenever you see as above, so below. That's one of the main, main, main teachings and tenets of the occult. They use that term a lot. Okay, and let's just look at that a little bit further. This is from another. This is another reference from his book, As Above, So Below, from the website themystica.com, and. Um, the universe is the same as God. God is the same as man. Man is the same as the cell. Oh, isn't that nice? All, all, you know all I ever get from these occultists are their opinion? That's all they can give you. 
That's all they, that's all they can do. They, they have nothing more than their opinion to rely on. Going back to this quote, I guess, uh, the cell, and, and then it says, and is a counterpart of God on earth, as God is man's counterpart in heaven. Therefore, it is a statement of ancient belief that man's actions on earth parallel the actions of God in heaven. Give me a break. God is holy, he's pure, he's without sin. I am not going to compare man, or even myself, to God and his actions in heaven. What does that do? That, that would basically say, well, whatever I do on earth, whether I go out, rape, pillage, do whatever I want to, it's got to be mirrored what's, what God's doing up in heaven, so I can't really help it. What a cop-out. I mean, you, you talk about wanting to have a license to sin. The purpose of all rituals in ceremonial magic is to unite the microcosm with the macrocosm to join God. And you notice they always speak in these real high and lofty terms as to make them appear so intelligent. The, the Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That's all they are, they're fools. Uh, with such a supreme union is achieved the subject and the object. With such a supreme union is achieved, the subject and the object become one. Now hold on, where did this... Um, then it says, Aleister Crowley, a Satanist member of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, claimed that when the magician reaches the ultimate peak of altered consciousness, the miracles are no longer important. The extreme goal becomes the direct union with God. Now, Aleister Crowley. Self, I mean, he said he, he called himself the beast. He had 666 on his forehead, I mean, on some of these pictures. I mean, he raped little kids and killed them for fun. Preferably little boys. He, he viewed them as the highest sacrifice you could perform. We're going to go back to Aleister Crowley to get our theology now. Well, if you think about it, that's where a lot of the secret is coming from. It's where it all starts. It's the beginning. And remember, if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Getting back to this article, it says, now, now as then, those dark Luciferian teachings have become shining lights to post-Christian cultures, inspired by false apostles and deceitful workers, servants of Satan, the evil one, who masquerades as an angel of light. Um, actually, he's, he's getting that from 2 Corinthians 11, 13-14, which is true. Um, they're false apostles, they're deceitful workers, they, they masquerade as angels of light, but they themselves are devils. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. And the Bible says it's no marvel if Satan can transform himself into, into a minister of, uh, an, into an angel of light. It's no marvel if his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness. That's why these people at the top of these, of these TV um, evangelistic, primarily TV evangelistic, and the ones that have their stadium churches, and all these people that do this, they're transformed. They look like ministers of righteousness. But because the people that are in their churches aren't in the true word of God, the King James Bible, they're not reading it, they're not applying it to their life, they're appearing as ministers of righteousness, but they themselves are ravening wolves. They're ministers of Satan. And they're subtle at what they do. And it just takes a little bit of leaven, a little bit of sin, to leaven the whole lump. So, I'm encouraging you, if you're in one of these churches, or if, you're, or if that's what you're, where you're getting your... <laughs> your religious teachings from, if you think because you got TBN on, or Sky Angel on 24-7, and I've heard a lot of people say that to me, oh, we keep it on constantly, oh, well, great, you know, you'd be better off keeping secular TV shows on. Because the spirits that are, that are associated with these devils, 
these wolves in sheep's clothing are going to start affecting you and your ability to discern right from wrong. It's one thing to turn it on once in a while and kind of see what Satan's up to. It's another thing to be in front of the, of the, of the boob tube, basically taking this all in and believing it all. Because these are seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They're going to seduce you. They're going to affect you in a negative way. Don't think that you're above it. Because you're not. I know because I was there. I was there. Now, not recently. But when I first got saved, I was. I thought Benny Hill was a great man of God. And all these TV preachers, name and claim it. Blab it and grab it all. It was, it was all great. It was all wonderful. It was all, but I was reading the wrong Bible. And God took me through a process where he started showing me all this. And again, the truth shall set you free, shall make you free. And we are destroyed for lack of knowledge, as the Bible says in Hosea 4, 6. So we need to be careful we're not being destroyed for lack of knowledge, because the Bible also says in Hosea 4, 6 that if you, if you reject um, knowledge, he'll also reject you. And, you. and he says, you'll be a priest to me no more, and I will also reject your children. Read it. Go to Hosea 4, 6. Now, I know we're in a different dispensation right now, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's in the Bible. The concept is there. So, going further, these are some more quotes. I believe uh, these quotes are from this book, The Secret. There, quote, there isn't a single thing, there isn't a single thing that you cannot do with this knowledge. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. The secret can give you whatever, There's, there isn't a single thing you cannot do with this knowledge, this knowledge of the secret. The secret can give you whatever you want, end of quote. This is page one of the book. I think in the appendix. Uh, there's another quote from the book. The law of attraction is the law of creation. What an abomination. You create your life through your thoughts. Again, Satan's original lie. You shall be as gods. You'll have whatever you want. Satan's lie repackaged. Here's another quote. This powerful knowledge with this powerful knowledge, you can completely change every circumstance and event in your entire life. And you know something? I guarantee you, there's a lot of people that have implemented this. And let's say they're listening to my message right now, and they're saying, you know something? You're wrong, because I've done this and it works. You know something? Let me tell you something. If Satan can dangle... And give you a trinket. If he can throw you a bone. And get you to hell. What does it matter to him? He doesn't care how he gets you to hell. As long as he gets you there. I don't care if you've seen results. If it contradicts the word of God. Who cares? Well, yeah, but I saw results with this. And you know, I tried that Bible thing. And, and, and I was just miserable. I, I didn't have a great life or whatever. Whoever promised you a great life or better roses. The Bible says, all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Oh, well, I don't think I like that. Well, sorry. <laughs> you know, again, let's look at Jesus Christ. Let's look at the apostles. Let's look at Fox, Fox's Book of Martyrs. Sorry. All they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12, it says that. So, I'm sorry, it's, it's not a bed of roses, you know. We're supposed to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Well, that doesn't sound really nice or good. Well, there's a lot of scriptures in the New Testament in particular that aren't really nice, that, are, that make me scared, that make me fearful of God every time I read them. 
But see, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of understanding. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear Him. There's all these connections with the fear of God and blessings. If you want to be blessed by God, pray for the fear of God. Because the fear of God will take care of so many other things in your life. Like humility before God. It just it will do it. Pray for the fear of God. Oh, that's not popular. Well, I'm not a popular preacher. You know? But the Bible says, Blessed are they when all men revile, will, will hate you and revile you for my sake, for great is your reward in heaven. You know, I, I, if you're a preacher and everybody just loves you, loves you to pieces, world saved and unsaved, you better, you better look at your, what you're preaching. You better look at what you're preaching. So, after reading these, these quotes from this book, do these affirmations Okay, I was just trying to um, Okay, so Yeah, I'm back on. Um, I, I just, I was trying to check my, uh, to make sure I had enough power on my little recorder here to get me through this um, on, on my battery time. Uh, so, these affirmations that we just read. Did these affirmations remind you of Lucifer's attempt, attempted bargain with Jesus in the, in the wilderness? Now compare them with the next tempting promise. Notice the cost, which Bryce never mentions. And oh, what's the cost for the secret? Because there's a cost, but they never mention that. It's all good. Uh, quote, the devil taking up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and the devil said unto him, All this authority I will give you. Therefore, if you will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him and said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. That's Luke 4, 5 through 8. Well, again, the point being is that is if you if you if you do this, now most of the people that are gonna start using the secret were never saved to begin with anyway. Okay, this is just going to be one more deception. But see, the farther you get deceived, the harder it is for you to get saved. You know, I mean, it should be your goal to say, well, I'm going to see how far I can really get deceived and then I'll get saved at the end of my deathbed. It doesn't work that way. You won't be able to get saved, most likely. Another quote from the book. The secret is the law of attraction. Everything that comes into your life, you are attracting into your life. And it's attracted to you by virtue of images you're holding in your mind. It's what you're thinking. And you know what I see this also being? A tremendous source of guilt for a lot of people. What if they're, what if they're you know, really, they've really tried and they've just fallen on hard times. And, and, and no matter what they do, they just can't. Well, I see it being a tremendous source of guilt and discouragement and wanting to throw in the towel. I see it working the opposite way for a lot of people where, where that, well, I'm just not good, I'm not cutting it. And I could see this being a really tremendously negative thing in, in most people's lives because most people's lives, this is not going to work anyway. Uh, getting back to the article, it says, this secret of attraction has a simple explanation. When we seek forbidden thrills and forces, Satan is ready to answer. In the Old Testament days, God protected his people from the full onslaught of forces, such as long as the nation followed him in his loving guidelines. But when they received his guidance and sought the occult thrills of the pagan neighbors, we withdrew his protection. Left to their own meager resources, the nation was destroyed by Babylonian armies. That's what happens. Will God ever withdraw his protection over America? There was a question mark. 
back in the 90s, I received a phone call. Now, this is this man from this article. I received a phone call from a Canadian psychologist. He had read, I guess, the book, A Twist of Faith, and wanted to discuss the swelling tide of seekers visiting his scenic community, hoping to find their personal spirit guide, or their personal devil, it should say. They would participate in an Indian sweat lodge ceremonies. Now, Doug, I, was, I signed you up. I, I got you on a plane flying out tomorrow to get your Indian sweat, sweat lodge treatment. Sorry. Just kidding. And anyway, uh, so they would participate in their Indian sweat lodge ceremonies. Uh, is this where you, like, smoke a peace pipe and, you know, do all that kind of stuff? Smoke peyote and whatever? Vision quest, whole nine yards thing there? Getting in touch with your inner Indian spiritual child? So they go to their Indian sweat ceremonies and spirit quests. In former decades, few succeeded. Now listen to this. This is unbelievable. But recently, something has changed. Okay, now, these are people going to these Indian lodges, these Indian spiritual quests to, to seek, their, to do their vision quests, to do all the stuff, to get high on the wacky weed. And why do they got to do all this stuff? Why do they got to do all this physical stuff to their body? Because it's well known in the occult, if you participate in the occult, particularly in black magic, that if you can get into an altered state of consciousness through either drugs, alcohol, whatever, the spirits come in and possess you much more easily. Much. And what does that also do? It lowers your inhibitions. So you would do things in that state of mind you might normally have never have done. It's why these things are required. But see, a lot of people had went to these Indian lodges and, and nothing was happening. They weren't getting demon-possessed. They weren't getting in touch with their inner child. It was terrible, you know? So, but something's changed recently. This guy was saying. Um, now, almost everyone meets their demonic guide. Some therapists have expressed their surprise, he said, by the current explosion of what they only knew as multiple personality disorders. Multiple personality, also known as MPD. What is that? That's when you are demon-possessed, and you have different, and these demons are so powerful within you that you actually have altered states of, of demonic consciousness that comes out depending on the environment that you're in. Most people that have MPD disorders have had some type of traumatic or multiple traumatic childhood events that cause them where they're basically, it's almost like their their consciousness becomes fractured and you have different demonic altars or fronts that will come up and depending on the given situation. And I know that sounds crazy, but that is that is the truth. They, they, on on, on um, everything that I've seen, studying this from a Christian standpoint, not from a psychiatrist standpoint. I'm talking from a Christian standpoint. It's demonic possession. Many seekers, these were the seekers at these Indian sweat lodges, were terrorized by the strange voices they felt, they, voices, and felt they had lost control of their own minds to entrenched, entrenched foreign personalities. Now they longed for freedom. So in other words, they, they went to this Indian sweat lodge, they went on their vision quest, now they're demonically possessed of the toenails, now they're not even in control anymore. Now they got the demons pulling the switches instead of them. Well, you invited them in. You play, you pay. You better get saved. And ask the Holy Spirit to get rid of every one of these devils that are within you. And it can be, I mean, if you truly get saved, I believe that, that, that um, you know, the Holy Spirit can purge you of these things. But 
you know, if they went in and they're entrenched in you, and the Bible says that when these spirits go out of a body, that they seek a body to find. The Bible says that in the New Testament. Jesus talked about this. They're not going to want to go without a fight. Okay, now that's a whole other subject, but I'm, I'm just telling you that the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are your only hope to deal with that problem, if you have that. Going back to this article, it says, The demonic realm, which used to be distant and non-threatening, now crouches near. Occult books, games, and movies show children how to empower themselves by summoning demons. This is what Harry Potter does. This is what so many of these children cartoons are teaching. Well, Hitler talked about, if you just give me one generation of youth, I'll have it, I'll have it all. Just give me one. Well, there, uh, our world, through the media pr primarily, through various outlets, are creating a whole race of demonically possessed children. And someday they're going to be at, in control. And that's not a good thing. And not to say God's not on the throne at all times, but I'm just saying, the leaven is really permeating through society at this point. America has silenced God's warnings and promised His truth. Well, sure he did. He's done it primarily through the church. Through the 501c3 corporations of the church. Through all their, through all their worldly programs that they present. Through, through all their motivation for money and pleasing men. They've compromised the truth. They've, through the traditions of men, they've made the word of God of none effect. That's what the Bible talks about. The word of God's of none effect. And God's warned us about this. He said it was going to be this way. Okay, let's read Deuteronomy 8, 10-12. Deuteronomy, he's got this quote in there, but I'm not going to read it because it's not King James. I don't, I, that first one might not have been King James either. Um, I would prefer to read the, the true word of God than some counterfeit. Deuteronomy 8, 10. When thou hast eaten and art full, then shalt thou bless the Lord thy God for the good of the land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping His commandments and His judgments and His statutes which I command thee this day. You, you, you're, you're supposed to not ever... You know, it talks about in Romans uh, where it says professing themselves to be wise they became as fools and then it talks about the homosexuals and, and um, all these evil, wicked people. The first thing it talks about is that they became unthankful. It's very, very dangerous to become unthankful before the Lord. Because that's the first place it typically starts. You become unthankful, and then it's all downhill from there on out. Verse 14 says, Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Well, that's, that's the case of every born-again Christian. If he saved you, he's brought you out of Egypt. And from the house of bondage. He saved you from a devil's hell, from the lake of fire. Verse 17 and thou shalt say in thine heart, Mine power and mine might of, m of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. Well, isn't that what the secret's saying? It's saying the same stinking thing. By the power of mine heart. Well, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 17, 9. So, listen, don't trust in your heart. He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Pro Proverbs 28, 26. But see, that's what people want to do. They want to say, look what I've done. Look what I've done. Look at all that I've done. And like the Bible talks about, says, Thy fool, this, this night thy soul will be required of you. The rich man that made the, all the barns for all his grain, he says, oh, I will take my, I will say to my soul, be at ease, and all these types of things. And then Jesus came to him and says, this, this night I will require your soul of you. You're going to understand. And then it says in verse 18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Now granted, this should not be our primary motivation. But if you were a born-again Christian, and you do get wealth, you better be giving God all the glory. You better not be taking it for your own self. Because he says, I'll share my glory with no man. So, these are just some, um, some spiritual tenets. Verse 19, And it shall be, if thou do all, do it all, forget. If you do it all, forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them. I testify against you this day, that ye shall surely perish. Verse 20, As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish, because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. He said it, not me. If you if that makes you mad, then then you need you need to take it up with the with the Lord. Going back to this article, it says it does not matter what you think and imagine. When we set our minds on self empowerment and self focused idolatry, the consequences can be devastating. Again and again, God's word shows his concern over the corrupting influence of our rebellious thoughts. Genesis 6.5 God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Well, what is this in reference to? This is in reference to the days of Noah. Well, didn't Jesus say, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man? And he also said, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So, Lot and Noah. Hmm. What was going on on Lot's day? Well, we had Sodom and Gomorrah. We had all the homosexuals and the sodomites coming out of the woodwork. So bold they were in the street trying to rape men. Huh. Children, it didn't matter. And uh, what do we have going on Noah's Day? Well, the Bible says in Genesis 6, where this verse is lifted from, it says, as it was um, that in those days that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took all of them that they chose to be wives. Huh. Really? Yeah. Fallen angels came down and took all that they wanted to be wives. And then it says, and then those days were giants. And they walked the land. Hmm. Wow. And then it says, God saw that the wickedness of man was great on earth, and that every, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Well, that's all, that's, that's the Bible predicted that that's the way it was going to be today. Maybe that's the reason that we've got all this alien stuff being shoved down our throat. And all the ascended masters. You know who the ascended masters are saying they are? I hate to say this. One of them, in particular. One of the ones I mentioned, his name was Hanton. He's the one that says he's the head of all of them. You know who, what he says he is? I'm not making this up. He says he's a large gray alien. Oh, now you're really getting off in left field now. 
well, hold on. Isn't this part of the end time delusion and deception that the Bible predicted was happening? Doesn't the Bible say in Genesis 6 that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man? Well, look at Genesis 6 to see what the days of Noah were like. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, came down, took them wives that they chose. They had demonic offspring, fallen angelic offspring. What the Bible refers to as the Nephilim. If you go back to the Hebrew, called giants. They walk the land. Okay, it really wasn't going to go down this, this rabbit trail, but I'm telling you, it all ties in with this. We were just, we were talking about this a little bit. Now, I've done whole teachings on this that I haven't put up on the internet yet, but um, the Bible is very clear in Genesis 6 what happened. Okay, and this is not the sons of Seth. Okay, as, as some theorize or whatever. This is this is very clear. Black and white. Now, there's some throughout history, some... Uh, oh, I don't know what you would call them. Some, some uh, theologians. That's a great word. Throughout history, they don't espouse to this view. But what you need to do is set aside your preconceived notions and and check this thing out. Search it out to see if these things are so, like the Bereans. Be more noble than those, like the, they, they said they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. It doesn't matter what a man is teaching you if he's teaching you false things. You need to search these things out. That's why the Bible says, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Don't put your faith in man. Put it in the Word of God. What's obvious in the Word of God? When it says the sons of God in Genesis 6, that is used, I believe, four times in the, in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, now. It is always, always, always used in reference to angels. Go to Job. Look it up. Because it's there. The sons of God presenting themselves before, before um, uh, Jesus Christ, basically, on the throne. Okay, And Satan did too. It always refers to angels as the sons of God in the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, it's different. We are actually we can actually be referred to as sons of God in the New Testament. But I'm talking about the Old Testament. You have to look at the context of the verse. Okay. Again, come, let us reason together, saith the Lord, and touch not the old thing, unclean thing. And this is where this is where God also says in verse three, "My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, and yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years." God's found what was going on in Genesis 6 so disgusting that it says, that, and it repented the Lord that he'd even made man on the earth. I don't ever remember him hearing say that anywhere. He was so disgusted with what was going on in Genesis 6. And it grieved him in his heart, but the Bible says, Jesus said, that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, maybe God's just as disgusted today what's going on as he was then, because he said it was going to be this way. And that the imagination of man's heart was only evil continually. Well, that's a sign that, that's something we should be expecting, looking for. Why do you think the church is in the state it's in? It's not being salt and light. That's one of the main reasons. And this is why we, we receive the flood. How do I know this? Verse 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I had created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and all creeping things, and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have even made them. He had to destroy every single person on earth, save eight people and the animals on the ark. Why? Because the seed had been corrupted. The seed of mankind had been corrupted. Hmm. Why would Satan seek to corrupt the seed? Let's just go back a little bit more. 
Genesis 3, verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, now this is where they were getting the punishment for the sin that was committed in the Garden of Eden. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done all this, thou, hast, thou shalt be cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed, Satan's seed, so there is a seed of Satan, is that what we were seeing when we saw the fallen angels come down and procreate with women and corrupt all humanity? Huh. Maybe. What else could it be? And I will put him in between thee and the woman and between thy seed, Satan's seed, he's talking to Satan, and her seed, the woman's seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shall bruise his heel. Well, when Satan got his head bruised was when Jesus Christ came and he did what he did on the cross. And he went and he took the keys from Satan. And he defeated him at the cross. Doesn't mean he's still not a formidable foe. But I'm telling you, the work for our redemption has been done through Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection. Um, so, anyway, that that's a little bit more confirmation here. So, all this alien stuff and all these other things, this is where, where we're getting this from. The Bible says then in Genesis 6, 4, it says, And there were giants on the earth in those days, and also after that. Also after that. Because all they say, well, the giants were just destroyed in the flood, and that was it. We never had to deal with this ever again. Well, how could it be, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, if there wasn't more of this, this fallen angelic procreation going on? It says, after that. What do you think... The, the Israelites dealt with them when they went into the promised land. Giants. It had happened again. And it's happening now. This is why we're getting all the alien stuff shoved down our throat. This is why we're getting these ascended masters. And now they're coming so boldly to come forth and say, Well, I'm a large gray alien. Oh, well, now that sounds nutty. That sounds insane. I don't care what it sounds like. Why in the world would... The secular media be devoting millions and millions and millions of dollars toward all the UFO documentaries, toward all the all the alien shows, toward all the UFO things that were seen in books and all these other things. Why would it be doing that to all these alien abduction shows where these women are turning up pregnant after they get abducted and then all of a sudden around the 7th or 8th month of pregnancy they get abducted again and the baby's gone. Do you know how many people say that they've been abducted in America alone? It's like 2 to 3% of the whole American population. They've done polls. Well, why, why isn't it all in the paper? Like, you could trust, number one, the media. And number two, you think these people are going to be waving their arms saying, Hey, hey, I got pregnant by an alien. And, and, and I got, you know... It's, it's something they're ashamed of. Okay? But wouldn't that kind of line up with what the Bible says? That the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair? And they took all of them that they chose, where it talks about in Genesis 6. Jesus predicted it was going to be this way. That's all I'm going to say about that for today. It's just, if, if, if I prove a point, I want to try to at least prove it halfway. And I, we could go way further into this than I have. And I'll be getting other messages up on about this. Um, so, you know, I want to be able to answer everything that's coming down the pike. I don't want to just be able to be caught flat-footed. Um, when something happens and, and everybody's freaking out around me and, I, and I'm sitting here clueless because I didn't want to search out a matter because I thought it was too harebrained or whatever. Well, 
I want to be able to give an answer for everything. Okay, so uh, anyway, we kind of got off on a little tangent there again. Uh, but so much of this ties in to what we're talking about here. Going back to this article, it says, Though God is amazingly, amazingly patient with us, the time comes when, when he must deal with human depravity. Long ago, he promised Abraham that his descendants would be strangers in the land that is not theirs. For 400 years, they could not enter the promised land until the iniquity of the Amorites was complete. Uh, that's in Genesis 15, 13, and 16. Our patient and caring Lord would not replace the corrupt Canaanites with Abraham's descendants until their cruelty, idolatry, child sacrifice, and perverted sex rituals had reached intolerable proportions. Now, also, I think it's more... I think we could also look at what was in the promised land when they went in there. Giants, for to a certain extent. And again, that's always the, 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 the thing that will bring about... I think God's most highest retribution and this is one of the main reasons why when they went into the promised land God instructed them in so many instances to slay everything man, woman, child, beast well why would a loving God do that? He had to do the same thing in the flood why? because the seed had been corrupted it's the same deal. It's just that it hadn't gotten worldwide. They were communities, and God said, if you would go in and slay everything, man, woman, child, and beast, then that seed will not escape and permeate into society. Do you ever think about it that way? That's why he had to do that. I never heard a sermon preached on that, but if you logically start to think, well, he had to wipe every single thing out with the flood, we had to do the exact same thing when they went into the promised land in many of these cities. And it was very, very serious to God that they followed this to the letter. So much so, that when Saul didn't do it in one instance, that was basically the thing that God said, okay, I'm done dealing with you right now. Because Samuel came up to him and said, God had told him to kill all the animals, kill the king, and he saved the king and he saved the best of the animals. And Samuel set up to, came up to him and he says, why do I hear the bleeding of the sheep? Why haven't you obeyed the Lord's instructions? And it angered God so mad that he hadn't done exactly as he had said, that, he, that, that Saul was, he was done. The Lord basically, you know, that was it. So it's a very serious issue. And if the seed be corrupted, Satan has a seed. Okay? And he seeks to preemptively corrupt all seed on the planet because we are made in God's image. And we remind him of him, and he wants to take as many of us to hell as possible. And he comes to kill, destroy, steal. That's his goal. So you have to understand what his agenda is. Uh, so this is, these are just these are just things to kind of think about. The Lord will judge his people, warns the Bible. And the Bible also says judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Hebrews 10, 30-31 Yet the masses, whether in ancient Israel or in our own times, pay little attention. Nor do they fear consequences. Why? Because they don't fear God. They don't fear God. Moving on, it says, In response to the DVD version of The Secret, stories of miracles began to flood in, wrote Byron. Her fans wrote about healing from chronic pain, depression, and disease. Oh, now we have the inevitable, inevitable testimonials, which is one of the main ways every product on the face of the planet now is sold. Whether it's a widget, whether it's a Chia Pet, whether it's a Ronco stud gun, whether it's a clapper, or whether it's the secret, that's how they sell stuff anymore. 
testimonials. Although they're all paid advertisements. Hmm, I wonder if they have any hidden agenda there. Huh, I don't know. We have received thousands of accounts of the secret. Being used to bring about bring in large sums of money. Some of the most magnificent stories we have received come from their children using the secret to attract what they want, their children. Oh, get your children involved in witchcraft. They're already involved in witchcraft. Probably part of the reason that it's working is the same reason that those people that are going into Indian sweat lodges now, and now all of a sudden they can get demonically possessed better, whereas before they didn't, is because society is becoming more and more and more corrupted. The devils can come in easier. The Holy Spirit is lifting His protective covering as we go further and further and further into sin. So they're, they're tracking what they want. Including high grades and friends. These are the kids. Wouldn't the, wouldn't the devil want to get them? The younger gets them, the better. The secret, there are secret parties that are being held in homes around the world as people share the knowledge with loved ones and families. I'm going to talk about going into that a little bit further. That was a quote that I just read here. Um, so now, all it would take for most people is the money. Show me the money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Well, hey man, I see that money coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm there. And then all the other stuff? Satan will throw you a bone. He'll throw you a bone if he can get you to hell. Or get you to do his bidding to take other people to hell. Many forget that the angel of light is a shrewd deceiver and not a kind giver. God has allowed Satan a measure of authority for a season of time. That's a very good way to put it. But his power is limited to that which serves God's overall purposes. Our loving Father allows trials in our lives as Christians to train us to rely on his strength and wisdom, not our own. That's the exact opposite of the secret's new thought message. She made boast of miracles from the hand of the deceiver. Again, where are the miracles coming from? The hand of the deceiver. But there's a cost. And the devil never fails to claim his due. It's like you're making a deal with the devil. Well, um, I've read this before, but I'm going to read it again because I've already, I've already referenced this. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9 through 12. We'll just touch on this real, just to reaffirm that I'm not making this stuff up about the end times. Let's just start at verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. I've, I've heard when, when, when he who now letteth, meaning they're letting, the theory that I've heard on this is that the Holy Spirit is letting these things, is keeping these things back for a time until he be taken out of the way. Not to say the Holy Spirit's ever going to be totally removed from the world, but the restraining hand of evil because God is on the throne. He is in authority. The restraining hand of evil is being slowly moved out of the way. Only he who now letteth will let. He's letting it happen until he be taken out of the way. The slow hands are moving. And the wickeder we get, the worse it's going to get. Why would God even want to dwell in this wicked place? And then that wicked shall be revealed. Who's this? The Antichrist. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. When is that? At the end of the seven year tribulation. When Jesus comes back on a white horse with his saints. 
Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Well, there's where we get that verse. He's going to come back with all lying powers and signs and wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. That's how important this stuff is that we get into every week. Are you receiving the love of the truth? Are you receiving the love of deception? you, you got to be doing one or the other. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. That's how serious what we're talking about is. Basically, we get into these types of subjects every week, just in a different angle. So, uh, we go back to this article. It says, can we afford to be ignorant these days? Can, you know, this is a good point. Can we afford to be ignorant? Knowing that the consequences are eternal? The Bible tells us to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. To put on the whole armor of God. It also says put on the mind of Christ. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, what if you don't do that? What if you don't identify the enemy what it is? We battle not against flesh and blood, but against princes, principalities. What if you're not putting on the whole armor of God? Hmm. How are you going to be able to withstand the wiles of the devil? What if you're not hiding the word of God in your heart? Because let's just turn it around. What if you're not doing those things? Well, how are you going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil? Let's just, let's, I've, I've already kind of quoted it, but we'll just go ahead and read it real quick. Where, where does it say this whole thing about the, the wiles of the devil? In, in the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rules of wickedness, rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the day of evil, and having all done to stand. That's what we're supposed to do, stand earnestly contending for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Jude 2. Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of the faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. It says above all. It says above all. Of all the implements of the arm of God, it says above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to withstand where you be able to ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Well, it sounds like we're in a war to me. Well, what is that? Here's another thing. Think about this. Faith? The shield of faith? What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Whoa. Faith all hinges on the word of God, then. Here's another thing. Think about this. What if you, you've hit no word of God in your heart? What if you're reading a perverted Bible? How? Do you even have a shield of faith? And if it is, it probably looks like a, uh, you know, the top of a pickle jar. How are you going to stop any fiery darts with the top of a pickle jar? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You want a bigger shield? I'm, I'm serious. Think about this. You want a bigger shield? You better, you better be behind the word of God in your heart. You want a bigger shield. You better believe what you're reading, too. Above all, taking the shield of faith. 
wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The bigger your faith gets, the bigger your shield gets. Now I know, this is kind of hard to, you know, but... I mean, faith is something that grows. It should be growing in your life. Okay? So, the bigger your faith, the more protection you have against demonic things. If you think about it. And then it says, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is really our only primarily offensive weapon, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, which is what Jesus did to the devil, he quoted Scripture back. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Okay. That's, um, that's, that's that. So these are some really good practical things. What we're trying to do is, is, okay, yeah, we're talking about the secret thing. But where does the rubber meet the road scripturally? What do we have to do? Then it goes on to say, it says, To avoid experiencing evil, we need to discern evil. Many of the secret's esoteric concepts have already been adapted to the word of faith movement. Name and claim it, blab it and grab it. Little brew cream religion, little dabble do ya. Contemplative disciplines, holistic health, and other familiar practices, uh, they sound too good to be true, and those who are blind to the wiles of the devil. They sound good to those who are blind to the wiles of the devil. Do you know how many people I know, and here I am, I, you know, I'm a chiropractor, and I've seen all the new age stuff, okay? I don't think there's anything demonic in taking a hard bone off a soft nerve. But I give God the glory for the people that, that anybody that I've been able to help, okay? I don't try to say, but most chiropractors and most people involved in alternative medicine are so far off in left field chasing fly balls, chasing new age fly balls, that you can't even talk to them. And they get proud and they get arrogant and they think, well, I'm doing this technique and, and I do this and I've helped these patients and therefore I'm better than you. It's unbelievable. Even the air, medical doctors aren't that ignorant or arrogant about certain things. So, I've seen a lot of junk. I've really been immersed in the New Age from every single angle you could just about imagine. And, um, God pulled me out of all that. I'm not doing any of that. I'm a board-certified acupuncturist, but I don't do it anymore, because acupuncture is based out of yin-yang, Taoism. Have I seen people help with it? Yes, but what was the price? Just like, what's the price of the secret? You've got to be real careful what you get into with alternative health care. God gave us herbs. He gave us foods. But just understand, we got to be real careful because if it's out there and if it's good, Satan is going to seek to pervert it. So, um, it's, 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 a, it's a battle that we're in and that was basically the end of that article. And there's just one other thing I want to touch on, on this secret thing. I have a friend she lives in Florida, and she's like a like a grandmother type of figure to me. And she was talking to me the other day, and we, we were talking about this one realtor that we both know. Now she knows her a lot better than I do. She had, she had um, I had counseled with her about a couple, just had a couple uh, questions in the real estate thing a while back, and I found out that this woman has gotten totally off in left field, with no less the secret. Now, there's a whole other sub-movement in the secret. Now, I haven't even talked about this until now. But there's a whole other sub-movement within the secret. 
Okay? Now, I had just talked about the holistic medicine thing. Okay? There's a movement in kinesiology that really, really, really is so new age it's not even funny. And I've been there. I'm not saying I've done it all, but, but I've, I've seen it. I've done a little bit of it. I got out of it. God pulled me out of it. And I praise God for that. I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that He got me out of all that junk. But there, you can go crazy and off and left field with this stuff. Especially with kinesiology, the muscle testing stuff, where they'll take a muscle and they'll ask and they'll press points in the body and supposedly it means this or that. And these people are wildly successful. And I walked away from it. I was actually going to be an instructor in this stuff. And I walked away from it all in, in, order, uh, in, in order to embrace truth. And um, what's ended up happening is you can go so far off and left field with this stuff where you can actually do consultations over the phone and supposedly diagnose people over the phone. You can heal them over the phone. You can do all these things over the phone. And, and it, where does it end? Where does it end? Well, a big part of the secret is that. This lady has totally went off the deep end. She goes to all these seminars all over the country. And now she's doing, she says that I can heal anybody. They're going around basically calling themselves the secret health healing guru type. And they're going around supposedly healing all these people. Well, didn't the Bible say if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, his ministers can be transformed into ministers of righteousness? Now, a minister of righteousness doesn't necessarily mean that you're a Bible-believing Christian. They can look righteous in the world's eyes and still not be a Christian. In the world's eyes. Okay? Not in God's. Well, he's a good person. Well, yeah, he's a Freemason and, and, and he's a Buddhist or whatever, but he's helping people. So they look righteous to the world's undiscerning eyes. This is, you're going to see more and more of this. And that's why I really felt compelled to get this teaching up there today because there's really nothing on the internet that I see right now refuting any of this stuff. I think I'm a little bit uniquely qualified to talk about the secret because I grew up in a very new age house hold um, and have been exposed to so much of the new age stuff through the alternative healthcare industry, through dealing with people, you know, health food stores and things of this nature. You've got to be able to navigate the maze of this. And there's one other thing that about the secret that I think has a lot to do with the healing part, and that's this. I found this on the internet. It's called the healing codes. What the, and this article is entitled, What the Secret Doesn't Tell You About the Secret. So, hello, here we go. Here's the next carrot Satan's going to dangle in front of you. Because here's what always happens. You get into these things and you always realize it's not as easy as they thought. They said it was going to be. All you believed, all the testimonials, but then you find out, you know something? This is hidden knowledge and there's more hidden. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. It's the, it's the next carrot. So so now, wait a minute. The plot's going to thicken here. It's going to thicken good. Why would the... Now, I'm reading from this. Why would the originator, director, and CEO of the movie, The Secret... His name's Dr. Alex Lloyd. Okay, let's read this one more time. Why would the originator, director, and CEO of the movie, The Secret, all call Dr. Alex Lloyd to get help for friends and family's health problems... 
And why would Dr. Ben Johnson, featured in the movie The Secret, who has three medical degrees, leave his highly successful cancer clinic in Atlanta, Georgia, to become a partner in a relatively small new company with Dr. Lloyd? Why do you got to yoke up with this doctor if all you got to do is, is believe it and receive it? I just made that up. That was pretty good. Um, I mean, think about it. Why would you Why would you need to yoke up with anybody? Hey, all I got to do is think it. And it comes to me. This is the next ser- uh, carrot that Satan's dangling. Here's what the secret doesn't tell you. Now, this is from a website that promotes the secret, but they're promoting something more. Here's what the secret doesn't tell you about the secret. Over 90% of all of our thoughts are subconscious thoughts and feelings. And that means that it can be hard to change your thoughts about something. Because you don't even know what they are. Conscious intent is often easily sabotaged by the subconscious. Well, that seems like a losing battle to me, Doug. If I don't have control over 90% of my thoughts, how do I make the law of attraction thing work for me? Oh, boy. This is a real bummer. Real downer for me, you know, when I read this. I was heartbroken. Really. You know, I almost sunk into a deep depression. Anyway, just kidding. There is a simple way to address these underlying root causes. This is the technology that the originator, the director, and the CEO of the movie The Secret all wanted for their friends and family's healing. This is the inner sanctum. Ooh, the inner circle. This is only for the grand poobahs and their families. Okay? So, so you know. I'm letting you guys in on something big here. This technology Dr. Ben Johnson used to release his Lou Gehrig's disease and why he left his practice in Atlanta. Now, I'll be honest with you. Lou Gehrig's is the nastiest of nasty of nasty to try to help, even with alternative medicine. If this guy really did get supposedly cured of Lou Gehrig's, I will admit that's impressive, but what was the price? Know what I mean? What was the price? They all know that the healing codes gets to root beliefs, thoughts, and feelings, and changes them so you can focus on what you want, which brings it to you. The healing codes seeks out harmful cellular memories, or heart junk, quote heart junk, as Dr. Alex Lloyd calls it, and actually changes the frequency to, to one of truth. All right. To one of lies is all it is. If it was truth, it'd be grounded in the Word of God. It's not truth. This is manifested in naturally occurring feelings of love, happiness, wealth, joy, and peace. See, they're, they're, they're mimicking the fruits of the Spirit. Because those were just some fruits of the Spirit I mentioned, wasn't it? Well, you can act like a real happy-go-lucky, loving, wonderful person and be straight on your way to the pit of hell where you're going to burn forever in the lake of fire and take it as many people as you can frolicking into hell with you. Well, Satan still accomplished his plan through you. You can come across as the nicest, meekest, most wonderful person. He's got all kinds to get you to hell. He's got all kinds. There's always room for you in Satan's kingdom. He can use you. Just like God can use you if you get saved. So, these feelings of love, joy, happiness, wealth, peace, are what you feel automatically when these cellular memories are healed and removed. Lisa. And once you've used the healing codes on these root causes, then 
then, here's the catch, then you can easily feel your way to attracting what you want. Now, I wonder what's going to happen when they do all the healing codes and that doesn't work either. But evidently, there's some people out there, like this one realtor that I know of, that's done these healing codes. Now she's going around saying, I can heal anybody. No. No. What are the healing codes? Healing codes consist of pointing the finger pointing the fingertips at four healing centers discovered by Dr. Lloyd. They probably correspond to chakras. You would do it in certain sequences for certain periods of time. You would do sessions one or more per times per day for however long you were instructed to do them. And then it goes on and on to describe that. That's what these healing codes are. Now, order the healing code packages now and receive a hundred percent, a hundred dollar discount off the current website price of seven hundred ninety-seven dollars. <laughs> now, if you order now within the next twenty seconds, you receive it for six hundred ninety-seven, and you also get a free faux pearl necklace and a Ginsu paring knife and a garden weasel. I made the last part up. But yes, it's 697 bucks to get the healing codes. Sounds like the only people that are going to get rich from the secret are the people promoting the secret. Fleecing the, fleecing the flock, you know. They're fleecing their own demonic New Age flock. But see, that's what it always ends up boiling back to is money. Okay, so that was pretty much the end of our teaching for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you in prayer, Lord God, humbly. I just pray, God, that you, Lord God, that you bless wherever your word is being preached worldwide, Lord God, that you bless the messages this day, God, that we would work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, that you would forgive us, Lord God, for any and all sins that we've committed in any way, shape, or form, Lord God. That there would be nothing that would separate us from me, I, I do pray, God, for your fear to be upon the body of Christ and upon the unsaved of this world, Lord God. And that that fear, Lord God, and godly sorrow would drive them to repentance, Lord. That you would save their souls, Father God, for it your will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. We praise you, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.